bonus track too. <laughs> Hello, this is the Road Trip EP. You just come in with a title. I do. I just, <laughs> I just, I just tell everybody what episode they just click who on. Who we are. <laughs> like they read it, they know what they're clicking on. And yeah. the first thing they hear is me saying exactly what they just clicked on. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. This is Road Trip EP, uh, and you are here with Alicia and... My name is Caleb. And Caleb. And today we are talking about the 80s. Do you remember the 80s? Oh, my God. You just dive right into it. So, first off... Do you remember off, the 80s, though? Before we dive into that, um, this wow, is our down. bonus track... <laughs> Well, just to explain what we're doing here. So, okay, the bonus tracks, we just started doing this recently just to kind of have a topic where we could kind of change it up a little bit from like what we normally talk about. So if this is your first time hearing us, this is usually how it goes. It's a little bit, you know, Lisha tries all to keep the all the formalities and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just in here just ready to talk about stuff. He just busts <laughs> through with like all the things, but anyways, um, so if this is your first time listening, just kind of know that this isn't like a normal type of topic that we do that normally we focus on nineties and two thousands. Um, not that you still can't listen to this as your first episode. Cause these I think are pretty fun mm-hmm. to kind of go off what we normally talk about, but if this isn't your first one, then you might've caught our first bonus track. Uh, number one, where we talked about just some of our more current faves and this mm-hmm. one, instead of going forward from the nineties and two thousands, as Caleb already spoiled, we're going a little bit backwards. Yeah. So uh, now you can come in. with. <laughs> nah, I don't want to now. I already, <laughs> okay. I already did it. All right. Well, kidding. yeah. It's the eighties. We're yes. talking about the eighties. Do you remember the eighties? Of course you don't. We weren't alive. We but were not alive. We, <laughs> <laughs> but we do know some of the music, uh, obviously, yeah. uh, from our you know parents or whoever. You know, we're just yeah, even our own like whatever we found. reflection of music. Um. So yeah, today we're gonna do that. We're gonna talk about th- we've each picked three songs. Mm-hmm. Um, that we like from the 80s not necessarily our favorite songs from the 80s but just three songs we wanted to talk about um, yeah we didn't tell each other what those songs were so yeah we usually never do surprise just a, we have yeah. a couple extras loaded up just in case we accidentally picked the same song actually i didn't bring any extras, oh you didn't bring any extras, so you oh. have to Oof. yeah so wow. maybe i'll go first on this yeah. so that i can okay. <laughs> you can shift from all what right, I... all right. and just in case we chose something that's the same i really don't think it's going to we're gonna have the issue but we'll see um so yeah so like caleb said these are just some of our favorite songs from the 80s not necessarily like our most favorite but just some of them so we'll get started into that and like i said maybe i'll start first this time all right what do you got Okay, so I will start, and I guess before I I do kind of dive into my list, I'll start with saying that I don't typically consider myself a huge 80s fan. Yeah. Um, Although I feel like kind of diving back into some things, there are definitely, there's definitely a good amount of 80s songs I do really enjoy. But yeah, I, I feel like 80s is kind of a decade that I... It's not my favorite decade of music. Yeah, so, and it might have a lot to do. We talk a lot about nostalgia on this podcast. And yeah. It might have a lot to do that we didn't grow up in that time. Um, so maybe we don't have that nostalgic uh, connection Possibly. to some of the songs. Yeah. Uh, but there are still some that you'll find in other decades uh, yeah. that you still enjoy. So, um, But yeah, maybe maybe had had you grown up and during that time and had a connection, uh, like a childhood memory or something with one of those songs, maybe... Maybe, yeah. but I I actually love a lot of seventies music though, and I would rank seventies as a decade that I like more than even eighties. Mm. So, and I definitely didn't grow up in that decade either. Yeah, so true. I don't know. I think I think 
80s just is a little bit of a change in music because like so much of a lot of 80s really focuses on a very, I think, poppy synth, very upbeat. You had obviously like the more glam rock Mm -hmm. was very big in this time. Yeah. Not to say that that just means that everything was like that, but I think that is more... It's that's more easily found, and I just have a harder time connecting with some of that. So, yeah, I don't know. Besides all of that, to dive into our songs, because like I said, there are definitely a lot of songs I do enjoy of 80s, but I thought I would just kind of add that in. Cause... Well, if you had to pick three to talk about, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> well, what's your What's your first one? Okay, so my first one comes from 1985, so we are right in the middle of the decade, mm-hmm. and we will play that for you now. That one, very recognizable. That is uh, Tears for Fears. The song is called Shout. And that is their second single from the second album. Um, and that one was called Songs from the Big Chair. Mm. So that one, obviously, like I said, a very recognizable song. Um, that was one of the most successful songs in 1985. It reached number one, on charted on many many different types of charts. Um, so this song did very well. This is obviously yeah. one of their bigger hits. Also a good thing that I let you go first because uh, I, w- I didn't choose the same song, but <clears throat> mm-hmm. I did have a Tears for Fears that I'll probably knock off my list now since I don't want to talk about the same band twice. But yeah, uh, yeah Tears for Fears is a good, good choice. Yeah, I really love this song a lot. I think just the immediate, like, because this actually has a lot of synth into it, but it's done in a really different way where there's a it's a lot more like it's a very loud like the music has a very loud effect to it but also a very deep effect to it yeah and it it just creates like a really cool interesting sound to me with the music of this and even just some of the kind of like guitar solo that is kind of mixed in with like the Mm -hmm. synth and sort of like you know halfway through the song or whatnot I don't know. There's something about the way that this music and I think just the depth of his vocals through yeah. this song. It's one of those. And obviously saying shout, shout. It's like one of those that like you it immediately catches your tish, attention and it like almost forces you to like listen to every note and like every yeah. beat through this, but in a good way. Um, so I just I've always I feel like this song just does a really good job at sort of, um, you know, getting your attention and holding it there but holding it there in a really enjoyable way. Mm-hmm. And I think just even the meaning of this song is pretty interesting too. Um, they said that the meaning of this song actually comes from a trauma-based therapy where you are confronting your fears or trauma by shouting and mm-hmm. screaming, um, which, you know, is kind of very therapeutic in any sense. Sometimes we feel like we have to hold things in, but sometimes it's better to just like they say, shout and let it all out. So yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, shout, shout, yeah. let it all out. These are the things we can do without it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is definitely, you know, Tears for Fears were a very, very popular group in the 80s. Um, they still live on to today. They have many albums. And at one point there was 
a time where <clears throat> they weren't together and they got kind of back together and yeah. um and i well one of the guys was still using the name yeah um, like tears for fears but it was just one of the guys instead of both of them mm -hmm. yeah. um and i i feel like their sound is very different like we i just recently listened to some of like their stuff in the 90s and stuff just to kind of see what it sounded like or even before and something about this album i feel like yeah is what makes tears for fears yeah enjoyable about, to like, me i don't know he's got such a weird yeah tone i mean i guess there's two singers but like the one is very like distinct mm -hmm. and it's like a weird like almost like it's almost one of those like why do i like this because he's got a very weird way of, like that he pronounces the words and like just enunciates things mm -hmm. um but i really do enjoy it a lot um and it is like such a, like a low off kind of voice but yeah um yeah I, I yeah when we listened to some of the other stuff it was like that wasn't there it was like yeah maybe, i mean i'm different. sure his voice probably changed uh, as they grew. I don't know how old they were when this album released, but they look really they young. They were 24. Yeah. They don't Both of look them are the same age. Like that voice doesn't look like it would come No, out. I always thought that too. Like I'm yeah. like, "Whoa, this is I it's just never what I pictured." <laughs> um and yeah, I mean, 24, they're pretty young, but yeah, I I agree. It's definitely it's such a distinct kind of sound and vocal, but it really works for a lot of the songs yeah. in this album. I really enjoy um, and especially this song, I feel like the song is always, always stuck out to me. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of funny too, cause I was, this song has obviously been covered by a handful of people. Yeah. Um, but one group that covered it, I was like, I'm going to have to look this up cause insane clown posse apparently wow. covered this song at some point. I'm like, what oh, does that gosh. even sound like? Cause that I think I remember, so weird. wasn't it disturbed? Yeah, Disturbed cover. They, he must, the singer Disturbed must really like Tears for Fears because he did that other Tears for Fears song recently that everybody, the, uh, oh wait, that's not a Tears for Fears Oh, song. no, 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 Never I mind. think that's like Never Simon mind. and Garfunkel, yeah, 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 yeah. Sound you're of right, Silence. Right. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah, um, yeah, I think this is the only one that, that he's done, but I think that was probably the most notable group that yeah. has covered this song, but yeah, I saw ICP and I was like, wow, that's, that's very interesting choice. That's but... probably terrible. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Well, yeah, I, like I said, I was gonna choose Tears for Fears. I think I'm gonna not now. Um, I was gonna talk about Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Mm, yeah. I was between that and Head over or Head Head over Heels. Yeah, um, I know those are those both. Songs. They're all really good. Songs. I think they're all. This off is the a same really good. Album. They yeah, are. So they're the all off this album. Is, yeah, it's a very good album from the '80s. So yeah, and and like I think you kind of mentioned something like this too, but um, like. I think I like because we were talking about how there's a lot of synth sounds mm -hmm. in the '80s and a lot of poppy notes and stuff. And there, yeah. there's obviously a lot of synth in this, but it, it's it has a like a darker feel to it. And yeah, it, just, it doesn't it doesn't seem as poppy and happy and and I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, good choice. Yeah, tears for fears. So then, my first song that I have is from 1983 and we'll play that for you here obviously journey and the song is after the fall and this is off of the album frontiers um 
yeah, I, obviously I wanted to talk about Journey and talk about the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, probably probably a lot of influence from my dad, but I think Steve Perry is one of the best vocalists like to ever do it. So, um, and oddly enough, he didn't start off as the singer of the band. Um, they had a different lineup in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I think, I could be remembering this wrong. I think dad's told me the story before, but I think he was just like a sound check guy or like, a stagehand and he was just like helping set up and he was just like checking the mics and that's how they found him like oh wow just, like, that's interesting like, oh this guy can freaking sing and like they just like <laughs> put him in the band. um but yeah so this one um they started in 1975 so obviously they've had a lot of music before this mm-hmm. um but after the fall for whatever reason i always i think i always gravitated to that one as my favorite song from them um Something off of Frontiers is usually what I would listen to. Either that or Edge of the Blade is another good song. Um, basically anything besides uh, Don't Stop Believing. And <laughs> the ones that they always play on like commercials and Just stuff. Just a small town. Yeah, that, oh gosh. I mean, it's a good song. Like like put together, it's a good song. It's just like you hear it so much. Yeah, like, no, if anyone definitely. says Journey, that's the song they're talking mm-hmm. about. Or Separate Ways, which I always liked that too. Yeah. It just had that like guitar riff in it and stuff. But um, after the fall, there's a lot of great uh, vocal parts, obviously. Um, I really like the way he uh, comes in on the chorus um, when he says the title of the song after the fall. Um, it just kind of changes up to a higher vocal. Yeah. And the no, not much. Um, that That's always cool. And then the very end when he just uh, does the chorus again, he just says after you fall a couple times, uh, the vocals there are really good. I also like the instrumental breaks in between the vocals. Like after the chorus, there's usually kind of a, cool guitar solo and, mm-hmm. and at the end of the song there's a longer one but um yeah i think i think having a vocalist like steve perry kind of overshadows some of the musicianship in the band like i think um you know the guitar work doesn't always get as good uh, or as much credit i feel like but i feel mm-hmm. like the guitar player is really good um i just spaced his name neil sean i think it's neil sean um but yeah so um yeah i feel like this song you can i I feel like this song kind of highlights the guitars a lot in this one um because there are a lot of good like guitar breaks and even just the ending kind of showcases a lot of that um Mm. and there's a lot of like this song has a lot of like a really good melody i think Mm. just throughout too and randy jackson was in the band at one point did you know that who is that from like american idol the the host oh really (laughs) i didn't know that Yeah, he played bass for them for a while. Really? I don't think in this Interesting. album. I think he was only I on. Definitely maybe, never knew that. Yeah, I think he was only on maybe one or two albums. But yeah, Randy Jackson. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. In the 80s or 70s? Or do you know uh, off chance? I, I don't offhand. Dad's hmm. going to be probably screaming into oh the podcast. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, God, you know this. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I want to guess. Okay. I think it was in the 80s. I don't okay. think it was like early. earlier. I don't think it was in the early. I think it was. I think it was later. Because what year did this come out again? Because this was eighty three. Eighty. Oh well, this is kind of early eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even wow. know fully. I I just remember he was in the band. I don't know fully if he like actually recorded the bass parts oh, or if he was okay. just a touring member. Oh yeah. And this is all stuff for dad. Um, yeah. If we had found some way to like call somebody and have oh. them on podcast <laughs> yeah. too, that'd been good to have a guest uh, host here. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So journey after the fall. You got any any more journey things you want to talk about? Um, no, I I don't know. I um I don't listen to journey as much, honestly. Like in yeah. group settings, it's fine, but it's for some reason it's not really a group that I listen to a lot on my own. But like I said, I, I don't 
80s is definitely mm-hmm. a lot of the music is not always ones that I listen to a ton. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I have always thought that Steve Perry obviously has a really great voice yeah. and he's a, a great musician. And there's definitely a lot of there's a lot more songs I enjoy from Journey that I always kind of forget about. Yeah. So for some reason, that's like how it lands yeah. for me. I don't know why, but um, it is a lot of the a lot of the ones that weren't singles or weren't. Released, yeah. Um, or popular are the ones that I end up liking more too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 So what do you have for us next? Well, I have this actually might be one of my most I mean, these are all some of my favorites, but this song is I would I would definitely put this in for sure. Probably top three, honestly, which this is three songs. So, okay. right. <laughs> so it probably just makes sense. But so anyways, I love this song. And why so, is it Iron Maiden? Okay. So <laughs> what? <laughs> anyways, this comes out of the same year as last. So again, we're in the middle of the 80s. This is 1985 and we'll play it for you now. is Voices Carry by Till Tuesday, mm-hmm. which I always thought was kind of an interesting band name. I heard this song so many times. Not because of my parents, though. I know. But because it was a Kroger song. Like, I know. Like every it's definitely hour recognizable. <laughs> it's not like the most underground song, but it's such a good song. I, I really enjoy this one. This is from their debut albums, and this one definitely had, you know, even in that time, had quite a bit of exposure, especially if you were on MTV. Um, and this obviously is their highest charting single. And mm-hmm. some people kind of honestly refer to them as a one-hit wonder. As I said, do they even have anything else? To... I mean, they did, but nothing that did had any other type yeah. of success as this. Um, but something I found really interesting about this song. And I'm, I'm going to have to look up. So this original version was recorded actually from a different like point of view where it was recorded from the point of view of the man talking to the hmm. woman. Cause obviously this studio version, they changed the sort of the gender role and point of view of this as basically you're kind of hearing the point of view from the woman rather than the man. Okay. So they kind of like switched the roles. And so, and obviously like there, there's some, of like the lyrics of this are sort of from the relationship of the vocalist and actually the drummer hmm. of this group. So we've got some like Fleetwood Mac action oh, going gosh. on where, <laughs> where it was kind of written from their relationship and just sort of like, you know, obviously kind of toxic in the arguments and you can hear, you can obviously tell it very clearly from the lyrics saying, you know, voices carry hushed down. So they don't overhear. Obviously that's kind of repeated a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting that they kind of decided to change the viewpoint of this and how this story kind of unfolds in the song. Um, so I guess there is, I think there is a, 
original studio version somewhere that I think would be kind of interesting, like to hear what how the lyrics change a little yeah. bit and what that sounds like. Um, but I just I love I think the lyrics in this song, even if they're not the original, I just think are are really great lyrics because obviously anybody who has gone through a relationship that they found themselves in that they shouldn't you know wanted to get out of this is a very i think relatable yeah. lyric song but not yeah. only that i also just think the music and her her vocals in this i think are so so good like the melody and the chorus i think is amazing and i like that there is a lot more like you know you think of 80s and obviously you think of a lot more of that like upbeat synth and there is still some of that but again kind of like the tears for fear song it's done in a way that just creates such a different emotion yeah. with the pairing of everything that really works like i feel like and i'm not always good at like recognizing instruments but when they go into the chorus i'm pretty sure that it's the bass that if you listen really carefully there is such a like it's a deep bass sound hmm. but the way it comes through at the very beginning especially because like her vocals are such a higher tone yeah. there's always been something about that specific part in the chorus that really catches me and i really enjoy and i almost want to see if there's like an isolated bass because yeah, i yeah. feel like there's probably a lot more bass than what you can tell hmm. just by listening at least like i feel like that's what i'm catching is a bass it could be like I don't know, maybe some type just of be a cello. Maybe, I don't know, but but there is like some type of sound that you can really catch in the beginning and, and again when it's like paired with like her vocal change, like I just think it's so cool. But yeah. but obviously like the end of the song is what I think makes the song so good. Just the emotion coming through, the lyrics and her voice and the tone of her voice too, I've always really enjoyed because she kind of has like this I don't know. It's it's like she's got this depth at the same time as having a higher pitch and at the same level of that. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to me. But, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I've always really enjoyed this song. I think it has a very relatable feeling to it for a lot of people. And I think there's just some really great melody and vocals in this one that comes through for me. Yeah. Um... I do like the song and I think it is a good song. I think unfortunately for me, it just got burned out because I had to hear it at my work every day. Yeah. So I just kind of was the song. But if I think about it as a whole, like just listen to it, like if I had heard it for the first time, it is a good song. Like mm -hmm. there's not, it's not a bad song. Um, it's just not one I would pick particularly just to listen to. Yeah. Uh, probably just because of that. But yeah, it's, it is a good song. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of the lyrics that I, I don't know, always kind of struck me too was when she says he wants me, but only part of the time he wants me if he can keep me in line. Mm -hmm. So obviously kind yeah. of like that dominant, mm -hmm. you know, kind of controlling type of relationship if you get into. And then even just towards the end, it's like the way she says, the last two times she says voice is carried, there's just something about how she sings that. There's such a, something that she's just really emoting and how she kind of carries that carry actually in yeah. both of those last two times that i really like i also think it's a really cool effect with just like all the layering at the end and even to the very last line that she says is i i wish he would let me talk yeah and it's almost like you kind of hear 
the music slowed down to where like that's almost the main point of what you hear, which I just always thought that's a really cool effect because yeah. it's like obviously somebody who just wants to be heard, but they almost create that slightly um, towards the end of the song. So I don't know. So I think just as a whole, I really obviously, as you can tell, I really enjoy this song and I feel yeah. like there's so much thought put into all the aspects of, of this song and how it was put together. Um, and probably the reason why they really didn't have a lot of other, I guess, hits was because they really weren't a band for very long. They actually broke up in 88. So really only a few years after this album was released. And I guess they broke up with just some differing, you know, musical choices and styles. And I think the vocalist, um, her name is I think Amy Mann, she actually wanted to go on and pursue a solo career. So mm-hmm. that's why that kind of band broke up. And and actually, she has a pretty successful solo career. I, I don't really mm. know any of her solo stuff, but she still makes music today. She's e- even actually done like a guest star on like TV shows. She's huh. written, a, she's yeah, paired with a lot of people. Like she, I guess she was a guest star on like an episode of Portlandia, but like as herself and oh, I don't know, but she, so she's done a lot of maybe projects. She, maybe she's really big in the UK. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I don't actually know. I don't yeah. think it's, oh, it's think like it's that. I think oh. it's actually all, cause she's from Boston. Um, I know. <laughs> I know that's what I want to always think of. Um, I mean, I, she's done a lot of work. I think there was something she did with like John Hamm and everything, like in a video. Okay. I don't know. So, huh. so apparently she's done a lot of work that I just had no idea of, to be honest. Um, yeah, I know. I'm kind of curious. I'm like wondering if I actually maybe know something Probably, and just had yeah, no idea it was her. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, that is the song Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. All right, so the song that I have chosen next is the song that you could probably guess that I was going to put on this list if you knew me. (laughs) Uh, It is from 1984, and here it is. Baby, I can never steal you from another So that is Purple Rain by Prince. I definitely saw that coming. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, great song. I love this song. Um, I actually almost put a couple of the other songs uh, between oh, yeah. some of the other ones. Uh, when Doves Cry, mm, obviously, so I Would Die For You, good songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but Purple Rain, I just figured to go with that one because it honestly, even though it is probably the most popular one and you know, well, well known of it, it's the title track and they even made a movie. Uh, yeah it's called purple rain um, have you seen the movie though? actually i haven't i haven't either <laughs> yeah dad tell me if that's any good i can't I don't remember know. Like, i know that's it um anyways um the i just wanted to pick this up though because uh i just love everything about this this has like probably my favorite thing in songs which is a slow build up and then like mm-hmm. a really cool closing yeah um because it does start off kind of quiet it's just kind of a little bit of guitar and his voice he's just singing in like a really low tone with like a lot of echo effect Hmm. um and there's a couple parts where he changes it up a little bit but there's not really honestly until the end when he does the really high notes at the end there's not really a whole lot vocally going on in the song honestly but 
I mean, he changes it a little bit yeah, when he comes like back said, in that second couple parts. verse. Yeah, yeah but, like he gives a little yeah. bit. Um, add, I think adds a little bit more like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I don't know. How else to uh, yeah, but I just love the instruments in this, the guitars, um, and uh, like the little strings. So there's like violins mm-hmm. and stuff in there. Um, but yeah, that end part with the guitar solo and the. I mean, it's like because we were listening to it again, and you know, it's like an eight-minute something yeah. song, and like the song technically, or like like you get to the end of the lyrics at like the four-minute mark. So then you have like almost five minutes of just. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you got him doing the really high part in the background. Though. Yeah. But um, mostly the guitar. Yeah, but I don't know. I just love the song. Um, it actually was originally written um, as apparently a country song. Really. That he wanted to duo with uh, Stevie Nicks. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I just looked that up. Um, but I apparently Stevie Nicks um heard the track like the music yeah. of it. it I, apparently he sent her like a. 10 minute music it must not have sounded anything like it does now hmm. uh and she just said she didn't want to do it she said it was too much pressure she didn't know what to do with it mm. and she just didn't want to do it so then he ended up doing it with the with the revolution, mm. revolution. Uh, prince and the revolution and it became the song that it is which is probably way more better because way more better that's 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 how you say that mm-hmm. way more better <laughs> you know but i'm kind of it. curious it's better the way it came out is what i was gonna say i'm kind of curious like what a song with prince and stevie nicks would have sounded like yeah, maybe not that, this one or maybe not off, a country though, though. yeah country but, like why would it have to be country like i don't think like stevie do, do people consider fleetwood mac like a country band i hope not i don't think that's country i don't know um but i don't yeah i, don't, I wouldn't want to hear this in a country form but i would i would be interested to see if stevie nicks involved in this in some way that would be an interesting thought i mean maybe not in this song that's not what i was saying but i think it just would have been interesting to hear those two artists doing something together yeah. i think that would have been a very interesting collaboration and that makes me curious what that would have ever sounded like but yeah i don't know um obviously yeah with prince i mean i feel like prince just just is one of those artists that when he puts something together his entire like heart and soul is like poured out into everything he does. Like he yeah. just has such artistry and like thought, I think put into every line and no. And, and obviously, I mean, that's kind of, that's just what he does um, mm-hmm. from even just a writer and like producer kind of standpoint. He has a little bit of, I think all of those roles in one, and that just kind of makes him the artist that he is. So I feel like, you, you know, when you're hearing anything by Prince, I feel like, there, there's such purpose to like everything that he does in it and this is obviously one of those songs that i mean i feel like he just lays it all out on yeah. the table for you and um and it's a great song obviously you show he kind of showcases some of his like his range his his like um kind of some of the smoother um depths in his voice but obviously you know his just a little like I don't even know what I want to, his like little like detail kind of artistry screams mm-hmm. and things that he does and like notes that he adds in his guitar work, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I feel like this is kind of just one of those songs that really, really showcases everything that Prince is about Yeah. and done very well. Um, and I don't know, it's kind of fun because we actually got to hear, uh, yeah, yeah we got that. to hear this like when say, we yeah, went yeah. and saw Pearl Jam in concert they actually did a cover of this but it yeah. wasn't Eddie singing no, yeah. it, was <laughs> it was the, not Eddie singing the, it their touring guitar player yeah. um, who was actually in the Red Hot Chili Red Peppers, Peppers. For a while. yeah 
podcast. I think it's like Josh something. John or Josh, yeah, it's something, yeah. something like that. I don't yeah, know. He said it actually. He did pretty good. No, it was fun. It was to definitely see a shorter it. version yeah, of the song because yeah. it was like the last one they did. But it was um, fun to see yeah. it in a concert setting because this is one of those songs that you just can't help but to just like yeah. get into, get the lighter out. You know, it's oh, just yeah. like one of those kind of very, I don't know, like anthemic kind of songs yeah. but another cool version of the song is there's a piano cover by uh, tori amos of this song that mm-hmm. is really good too that if you haven't heard that check that out um if, if you're looking for more purple rain uh there you go uh, yeah. but yeah that's uh, purple rain by prince so what's up next so my last song of our top three 80s favorites. We're not top three. Don't or say some that. of our favorites. Okay, sorry. Like, These are your very favorite songs. Some of our favorites <laughs> is 80s. Um, this is 1987, and here it is. Okay, so that is Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. They are an Australian group. They're really burning the midnight oil. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You ever heard that saying? Yes, I have. But this song is all about how um, populations are often forcibly removed from their lands. And a lot of them end up in kind of very unhealthy living standards. So this was kind of something they were really, so they're from Australia, like I said, and this is something they really discovered was happening a lot, specifically to a lot of the outback lands Mm, and a lot of the people in those lands. So this is sort of a direct kind of, I I don't know if I want to say, I don't know. This is sort of a direct song to like just the politics and everything going on in Australia. There's actually a lot of when you look at the lyrics, there's a lot of things that are very yeah. specific. Did you say they're from Australia? Yeah, okay, yeah, they're from Australia that are very specific to Australia and even like um, one of the Australian I don't know politicians like even slogan is in this song somewhere. Oh, okay. So, so for someone who is is Australian, if you're listening then you know all about it. I didn't, I wouldn't know as much about it, obviously not being from Australia, but that's sort of what the origins of this song is and what it is speaking to. Um, And I really, I don't know, I really, I've always enjoyed this song and it's very quirky sounding. Not, not the song is quirky sounding, but like his vocals have a very like, yeah, it's, yeah, very, they catch me off guard. Like, yeah, I I didn't really listen to this song too much. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you showed it to me one time and I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if I like that. Scene. Yeah, it's it's but, very like, <laughs> weird. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know, I get there's certain weird vocalists that I just am attract, get attracted to as yeah. far as the sounds of that. And this was just one of those. But but I always like the chorus to me always is what captured me. And there is yeah. such a he's such a great tone in his voice, actually, um, into the chorus. And just it's a really good melody. And, um, and I feel like even though this is kind of specific to like Australia and, but obviously that kind of can work in a lot of like countries of what this is speaking to and sort of land being taken from, you know, of natives of that. And, and it's 
oftentimes doesn't result in a very healthy standard of living, which is very unfortunate. Um, So I feel like you can kind of tell that sort of that outreach in his voice in the the chorus. So I I really do enjoy that. And I think um, there's some cool it feels like there's almost every instrument at one point is used in the song because yeah. <laughs> you can hear like cowbell. There's a lot of horns. Yeah. I don't know specific which ones. And then obviously like, you know, kind of a lot of your, you know, typical like your guitars and your drums and all that. So there's a lot of different instruments like at play in this song, but it never, to me, it never comes across as like too much mm-hmm. or too like, like just too many things going on where it feels like it gets lost. I feel like it actually really works. And especially towards the end, I really like how the song ends with more of the horns kind of coming through in a different way. And then the cowbell almost gets like <laughs> very quiet in the background. And then you just have like the riffs and, and cowbell. Yeah. And so I just, I always thought this was like a cool, just a cool song. And um, it's, I don't really know a lot about the group to be honest. Um, I looked up some things cause I really know mainly just this song. I don't know a lot else from them, but they are a group who formed in 1972. Wow. So this is was not like debut or anything. This was actually from their sixth album and they have a total of 13 albums hmm. and they actually took a break. Like this, the band kind of went on a hiatus or dissolved in 2002 so that the vocalist actually started to focus on his political career in Australia. So he very much kind of sounded like an activist and and even kind of went on to directly try to make, you know, a change in his country. Yeah. So he focused on that for quite a while because then the group did, they actually decided to get back together and put out some new music, but not until 2016. So a pretty long gap between 2002 to 2016. And then they sort of reignited the group and they have like an album that actually just came out last year. Hmm. So um, they're definitely not... They were not a new group into the 80s, and they're not a group that, you know, never made it past the 80s. They definitely had some history before and after. Um, I don't know a lot about history, but I do know this song, and I know that I like this song. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I said, the the singer kind of throws me off Mm -hmm. in the verses. Like, when he first comes in, I'm like, eh, maybe. Mm -hmm. It is definitely a quirky sound to it. it does get better like the more i listen to it um i'm probably gonna give it like like a two out of five because it needs more cowbell oh okay no no it is a pretty good song after like after you get past that quirky vocal um but yeah yeah, yeah. i um and i feel like too this is a song that i don't really feel like this is one that is as I think it's definitely well known, but I feel like this is kind of one of those songs that people don't initially think no, about when they're no. thinking of some of their 80s favorites. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, in a sense, this could be a slightly, I don't know, maybe a slightly underrated song for the so. time because it's very different than a lot yeah. of other. Because, I mean, like I said, 80s I don't sounds. think I even remember hearing it until you were yeah. listening to it one day. I mean, maybe dad had listened to it at one point and I heard that, but I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember ever hearing it like on a radio station or anything like that. So, I mean, I know there was a video for it. So, it must yeah. have played it on MTV at some point, too. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think the first time I heard this song, it was I, wa- I saw the video with okay. it first. And I, I, I don't know. I just kind of immediately was like, this is a cool song. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember if it was like, it might have been one of those like VH1 kind of. Oh, yeah. Like where they would kind of do some like top 20 of the 20s yeah. or whatever. I don't know. It, I, or 
not top 20 of the 20s top 20, top 20 of the 80s or whatever or something 20s. like that i don't know <laughs> but um something i think it was something like that but i just remember like seeing the video that was the first time i heard the song and this was in my like teenage years so i mean the song would have already been probably almost 20 years old by yeah. that maybe 15 years old i don't know but and I don't know, it just, like I said, I just always enjoyed this song and I just always think it's a cool one and speaks to a very real thing in the world. So, oh, so yeah. Wow. Real thing. Well, that's kind of a hint at my next song. So this <laughs> song comes from 1989 and we'll play it for you here. All right, so that is The Real Thing by Faith No More. Mm, wow, uh, you're a nice little, <laughs> nice <laughs> nice little segue, I couldn't pass huh? that up. Um, I know we usually like to play a little instrumental, yeah. thing, but that, that was too good. Um, so I ended up going with this song. I had another one in mind, but I'd already talked about Journey, and I already talked about Prince, and my other one was Queen. And so mm. I figured maybe I should talk about one that's a little lesser known. Um, and this one's kind of quirky, too, I feel like, the vocalist. So... Yeah, I actually, I don't know. I feel like I have, what's that called? When I have a something to pick with you. You got a bone to pick? <laughs> I have a bone to pick with you All on right. this song. Because I am surprised that you picked Faith No More, kind of. But I feel like you were one who did not like them. And I used to listen to... Epic. epic all the time yeah. and caleb always was like this is a weird song i don't like this <laughs> that's, that's, how exactly like, how he that's exactly how he sounds exactly how i sound um and so i just find it very interesting that okay, our so... first time we're talking about some of our favorite songs from the 80s and you pull out right. faith the more well here's the thing is it took me a while to get in because he has a quirky vocal it has a quirky yeah quirky which vocal, is probably why i like which it is probably why movie. i didn't like it because yeah. a lot of the songs i would choose to listen to back in the day were songs that i could sing or songs mm -hmm. that i enjoyed singing if it didn't have a singer that was in my vocal range i was pretty much out i was like wow oh, whatever that is harsh <laughs> i know but that's yeah. i mean just full transparency here okay. i used to only really care about like oh man what's the next song i can sing kind of a thing mm -hmm. and that was such a weird like it's such a nasally like mm -hmm. voice in this one and then it's yeah. just like it is weird like it still is weird to me today i just like it like i learned to love it i guess in a way but yeah. i could like if i came up to somebody and showed them this song and they're like what the hell are you listening to like why are you listening to that i would totally understand because it is definitely a different type of voice than what is normally yeah. popular i guess so i could totally understand someone not liking it because like you said i didn't i wasn't even sure if i liked it back then. Mm -hmm. anyway so yeah i didn't pick their most popular song um i just picked the real thing because i don't know i just this this song um i found actually a little more recently probably a few years ago um but it just it stuck with me right away when I listened to it, and it just so so ahead of its time. Like it sounded so ahead of its time. Faith like, No More was very ahead of their yeah. time. I mean, it's nineteen eighty nine, so you're like you're almost into the nineties. But this song mm -hmm. sounds like it could have released 
maybe in the early 2000s or a little after like it just sounds yeah. like so ahead of its time um, yeah it's such an interesting mix of i mean a lot of their songs are such an interesting mix of like metal punk and alternative yeah, exactly. like they really yeah. but it's so balanced on all three of those like they yeah. really know they pulled those little bits from i feel like those genres and kind yeah. of made their own very even, unique yeah, sound even down to the vocals because there's a yeah. lot of vocal parts in this song where he goes from a that weird nasally thing to like a like it's like a weird funk jazz kind of sound to yeah. like to like a almost a scream and a couple parts he does actually scream in and then right back to the other vocal part um it's just like a lot of cool transitions um all of mm-hmm. the guitar work too in the middle of it um yeah just a really cool song um i know they got a lot of i guess I don't I mean I guess they got a lot of popularity from Epic because that song did blow up I guess but I still think this is sort of an underground pick because I don't think yeah, a lot no, of people think... think about Faith No More apparently yeah. there was a feud with them and Red Hot Chili Peppers at some point when they first started because mm-hmm. apparently they were stealing Red Hot Chili Peppers style which I don't I don't know if I agree with that I don't think yeah. either one of them was stealing the style that they sound totally different to me like, I don't see. Yeah, no, is it just I, the clothes I that we're wearing more? I think there was like this kind of weird thing where like a lot of um, Faith No More like fans really did not like Red Hot Chili Peppers because there was kind of there's a video which video I don't know there's a video that I feel like they gosh I remember reading a little bit about this too in yeah. his biography and I cannot remember totally what it was but there was something about similar like setups and like even styles of how they went about it and like some people kind of felt like um because like anthony kiedis kind of has a very different sound that a lot of people don't wouldn't maybe like right away either as well as you know with faith no more but um Uh, yeah mike patton i forgot his name for a second but and so i i don't know there were a lot of like people who sort of compared and i think like Mike Patton and Anthony Kiedis sort of had a little bit of a weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They sound totally different to me. But I think it, so but, too. Um, the uh, Faith, but Faith and More are still going. They started earlier than this. This was their third album. They had two. That's bef- crazy. They had me. two before it. They yeah. had a different singer. Mike Patton wasn't in the band yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're still. They just released a single in 2022 um, or 2021. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, their last full length album at least on Spotify, is from 2015. Yeah. Um, so, which I haven't really listened to a whole lot of their newer stuff, and I actually I feel like I kind of want to check that out because I feel like, I don't know, it would be interesting to see how they evolved or, or yeah, what, what they sound they like be. today. And I, I haven't listened to what they sounded like before Mike Patton either, so I don't, that'd be, that'd be kind of interesting to check out too. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. But yeah, so Faith No More, I wanted to go with a little bit of a lesser-known pick. Um, um other than Prince and Journey, because mm-hmm. my other pick was another one bites the dust by Queen, which everybody mm. knows that song. And I actually didn't even realize that was in the eighties. I thought that was like seventies, but it actually was nineteen eighty when that came yeah. out. So that's actually um, like they're newer of the hits. I feel yeah. like almost yeah. So we could have talked about that, but that's all right. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all righty. So that will do it for this bonus track episode. Yeah. Uh, dive into some 80s songs that we like. I think one thing I found that I didn't realize is I feel like a lot of 80s songs are like long songs. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. I had Our two shortest. Of them were over eight minutes. Yeah. At least. 
Um, I don't remember the length of the Journey song, but I don't think it's that. I don't think that Journey song. That Journey part. song was over five minutes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think the shortest song was actually the Midnight Oil song, which was still four minutes and fifteen yeah. seconds. So most of the songs today were definitely lengthy yeah. songs. So I'm like, hmm, was it like an well, 80s I think, thing? <laughs> I think a lot of songs, especially from that time followed the formula of verse bridge chorus mm-hmm. verse you know like that They're kind like of a thing longer like so that you would ending, get the chorus you know two yeah. or three times in a, in a song. yeah that's compared true. to today where i mean sometimes there's not even a formula to it all it's just mm-hmm. like words here's the chorus one time <laughs> yeah. if you can call it a chorus and the song's over so true that makes sense anyway. yeah yeah but anyways yeah those were just some of our favorites from the 80s 80s. and um like i said we have been starting to do some of these bonus tracks to kind of showcase just some different areas beyond 90s and 2000s so the next one might be more current might be even more older i don't know we'll see yeah maybe we'll talk about the songs from the 1920s We're gonna go way back, way, way back. No, I'm just kidding. We're, we're even further. We're talking about like Beethoven. Oh, and like, yeah, we should. Like, man, Let's like, go really to the dive classics. Into, yeah. Let's go to the classics. But <laughs> I don't know. So, anyways, um, we will be back on our regular programming um next week, and then we did kind of want to make an announcement that two weeks from today's, so basically the first or second week of September, uh, we are going to take a short break just for the week because we will be in in transition to a new area and we've kind of a really tight schedule that week. So we want to just give ourselves a little bit of time to kind of stay caught up. So we'll still have a next week's episode, um, which will be back to our regular programming. And then we will skip the week of, I guess, September 11th is that week so that will be uh, a little pause a little bit of a break and then we'll be back to regular programming after that so Um, just to kind of give you a heads up on that yeah so thanks for listening to this episode don't forget to do the poll and the question i'm thinking maybe we'll do something like the question i asked you um you know if you could pick three songs from the 80s to talk about what would you pick Hmm. so uh let us know down below what those songs would be And And then we'll see you next week. Yeah, thanks for stopping by.